participating, for going with me through that. I don't know how it is that those moments escape us so easily. Um, and and I, I mentioned that about getting distracted because I, I get very distracted. I, um, I kid the, the teens when I, when I teach them on Wednesday night that you can bring up anything and uh, some word just reminds them of a story they need to tell you right then that has nothing to do with anything. And uh, I kind of pray that way sometimes. Um, Lord, thank you for Eddie Bean. Well, I remember when me and Eddie went fishing. Um, I need to call Eddie and see if he wants to go fishing. You know, and by the time I'm uh, by the time I'm done chasing my, I'm not praying anymore. I'm just thinking about fishing or something. Um, but I do that, and I, I think it's I think it's great to find ways to refocus yourself. Uh, another way is to to simply put scripture up, uh, to put the Lord's prayer up, and, and that way, when you lose that focus, to go to that, to have somewhere to look. And to focus. I love I love this this time of year. Um, as we're approaching a new year, it's kind of a, a time of of reflection, uh, looking back on the past year, and uh, to some degree, you know, evaluating what would I do differently. Uh, am I happy with the year? Um, you know, my year's been pretty eventful. Uh, I graduated, I got a job, and I met a lot of you. Uh, I think I met Summer and Heath twice, uh, once at the light. But uh, just just reflecting back on our lives, and we do that because uh, this time of year is also a time not only of reflection, but also of renewal, uh, a time of looking forward to say, okay, what, what do I want to, to do better? What do I want to change this coming year? Uh, how many of you are, are planning on doing some sort of New Year's resolution? Anybody doing that this year? Do you have something planned out? Charlie says no. Nobody? Nobody. Maybe it's only a time of reflection and renewal for me. No, I'm not that, uh, I'm not that, do what? They don't want to own up to it. Everybody's good with where they are. Contentment. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm content when I've got a lot, when I've got a little. That can be weight. That can be money. Um, that's funny. Has anyone done a New Year's resolution before? Anybody? We just, uh, I don't, <laughs> I've seen, I've tried to sign you guys up for stuff. You don't want to sign up for anything. I know what this is. I don't want to have my name, I don't want to have my name associated with anything. Yeah, I'm real interested unless something else comes up. All right, those, those who, and I, I know some of you are lying. Some of you just don't want to raise your hand. Um, those of you who have ever done a resolution, have, have you kept it the whole year? Two minutes? Ten minutes. That's better than two. That's what I thought you said. What, what is it that, that makes us drop things so quickly? Huh? Non-committal, absolutely. I think that, huh? It's not enjoyable. You're changing something that you don't really want to change. Uh, for a lot of us, um, you know, you, you look back and you say, I just want to get more healthy. I want to lose some weight. 
Um, I want to do better at finances, whatever. Um, it's hard because it takes commitment. We've been talking in class about uh, the word is, is discipline. You need discipline. That's a terrible word. It's amazing how we use that. I need the discipline to do this, to make this change in my life. The funny thing about me is that I can be like militant in discipline in the way I do things. I, I, I lost, oh, it's been a few years now. Um, I decided I was going to lose weight. It wasn't a New Year's resolution. It wasn't far after, but I said, I'm going to lose weight. And I lost 50 pounds within a pretty, it wasn't, wasn't bad, you know, four or five months or so. And when I got to that 50 pound mark, I celebrated. And I'm still celebrating today. <laughs> You know that feeling? It's just like, uh, and you can ask Katie. Oh, there she is back there. She knows I'm still celebrating. But uh, her, her parents are on a diet right now, the, the keto diet or something. And her dad's being real strict about it. And she said, you know, it reminds me of you when you're, when you're on that. It's like nothing else. I'm focused. Um, we're going through this. But when I'm not doing it, I'm like off the wagon. Like I can't see the wagon. It's left me. Um, it's like I'm one way or the other. I'm just, I'm just completely on or, or completely off. But we need, we need those times, I think. I mean, something, something in our minds, when we know something's off in our life, uh, we have to correct it, right? So something has to make you uh, want to correct it. For me, it, it's, it's looking at a number on a scale and saying, okay, that's not good. Um, I bought a bike. Todd wants to start biking with me. Um, and so there's a, there's a step. But there's got to there's be something that makes me want to take uh, that step. Uh, the same way is true with our prayer life. Just as I talked about um, picking a family to pray for this week. I did that at Glenwood, and, and I told him in class today. The first week, we, we said, all right, pick a family and just pray every day for this family. That's not hard. That doesn't take long. And every one of them, when I asked them the first week, except one little old lady, she was above 50, Rob. Um, Rob said 50 was old earlier, I think. But anyway, take that up with Rob. Rob Evans lives over at Murfreesboro if you need to look him up. But, uh, but it was not a hard task that I asked. But everybody but one person did not do it. Because they hadn't started that discipline. They hadn't, they hadn't committed in their mind to change in this way. They were still stuck in the old way. And, that, and that we can be that way in uh, any number of things. I, I like to use personal examples, so I do. And it's the same way with me, with, with weight, or whether I'm, I'm doing uh, Dave Ramsey, uh, financial peace, and I, I'm budgeting every dollar. I know where every dollar goes. <coughs> And I am, I'm great at it when I'm focused. And so what I need uh, throughout the year is, is, is things to get me focused, to remind me why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I'm, I'm going through it, why this is a help to me. Uh, it, it's nice when you, when you set a budget and you uh, tell your money where to go and then you see the number in your bank account getting bigger because of it. Um, 
every time someone does, you know, a, a budget, I think the, uh, the biggest thing people blow money on a lot of times is, is eating out. I think uh, the first time Katie and I did this, we were at Walnut, and I don't mind, mind telling you, but I think the, the, the money that we had counted the month before we started, I think we'd spent like $600 on eating out. That is a large figure. The only thing I have to show for that is, is, is the increase in the scale that I didn't want to have in the first place. I don't have anything concrete I can grab. I can't sell it. I can't. I just blew it. But it takes that, that discipline of, of realizing, hey, A, something needs to change, and B, I've got to make it happen, and then following through with it. One thing I, I will forever be grateful for is a, a lady at Walnut. As I was thinking about going to, uh, to school uh, to go and get a degree in ministry, she's pretty, she's pretty blunt, straightforward, you know. Uh, some people pride themselves on that, but they're really just jerks. But she wasn't. You, you know how you sometimes, if it's the right person, they can tell you plain to your face what you need to hear. And she's that kind of lady, and... I was figuring it up in my mind. I said, well, if I go to Harding right now, it's going to take me three years. I'm probably going to be 34 or 35 when I finish. And she looked at me and she said, John, you're going to turn 34 or 35 unless the Lord takes you. Do you want to turn 34 or 35 with a degree or without one? I said, thank you. I needed to hear that uh, because it's, it's, that, it's that non-committal uh, that Carol Ann mentioned. You know, I, I want this, but do I want to actually put out the effort for this? I think I know that this church and this church leadership cares about every one of you. I asked... Uh, it's been some time ago now. I, I went to uh, to Eddie and I, I asked him, "Can we go through the story?" And we dialogued, uh, you know, some about it. And we talked to uh, the other elders, and they said we're in. And so, for every one of you, every family here, the church has has paid for these. They've taken care of them. They've taken care of the price. And so you, and if you have children, you can have one of these and you can have a, a children's book as well. And that's because of this. We see and we know and we feel our world, including us, uh, becoming biblically illiterate. I've brought it up numerous times at, at Harding. That they're quick to tell you that the entrance exams, the assessment test every year for Bible, the entrance scores go down. So what are we doing about it? A, do you think there's a problem? I saw many heads shaking. B, do you want to do something about it? And is there any way that you want to follow through? Some friends of mine who have taken their, their churches through this study say it's the best thing you can do for your church. 
get them in the word all at the same time. All going through the same thing. If you have questions, I'm reading the same chapter you are this week. Call me. And B, we're going to talk about it in, in uh, both the, the class, the sermon, and our small groups this next week. And it's not just the, the fact that we can, we can go through a book. It, it's because we put value in this story. You are here today because of what is written in this book. Is that right? Someone along the way has influenced you because of what is right here. I believe it's the greatest story ever told. I believe that when, you, when you're asking what, what is the meaning of life, you read this. But this story, I like to... I like to ask the question, you know, what, what is your story? Um, those of you with a keen eye, thank you, David Schwope, um, caught that I duplicated that question on uh, our small group material. Who influenced you? Why are you here? And I think back, you know, to myself, and I, I shared several weeks ago now uh, that I'm adopted and so I've kind of had a unique view of looking at both where I came from or where I could have been. Where I could have been was a family that uh, was very broken. I have, on my mother's side, uh, three siblings I would have had. Um, on my father's side, I was the third of five. Everyone with a different mother or father. I was raised in Dirks, Arkansas, with parents that believed in going to church all the time, uh, that put a great value in uh, reading the Bible, in uh, participating in every way. You know, we always say every time the doors were open, that, that was serious. If I had a baseball game on a, you know, and we had a gospel meeting, I remember coming in and mom would lay out a towel so as not to get the red dirt all over the, the pews. We were serious, and, and they took those, those steps, those actions, to make sure that we were exposed to the gospel. And I think it's important for you to know, and I, and I know that because you're sitting here this morning, that many of you, you already believe it. You value this book. But as we look back over, over church history, people died just trying to translate the Bible into a language people could understand and learn from. Uh, the Catholic Church didn't want that to happen. They didn't, they didn't think you ought to have a Bible in every household or, or have access to it. Uh, I think it was William Tyndale that, that, that translated, and he, uh, he was actually killed for doing it, called a heretic because of, of the way he translated. They didn't think that was right. So he was killed for his efforts. And I think it was within 50 to 75 years they actually started to use it in his translation. Does that, does that give you any like, you know, oh, yay, you killed me, but now you're using my translation. People died so that you could have it. People died just because they were Christians. As you look back at, at the way Christianity, at the way this story has affected the earth, you can see tales of, of, that are just simply amazing. Um, 
in the time of, of Julian, the emperor, he, he actually, there would be people that if they had a plague or something like that, they, they did not value human life. And so if, if, if Rob comes up sick, we send Rob out to the street and everybody stay away from him. If he dies, all right, leave him, leave him there. But you would see Christians that would actually go in and take care of people because they believed in the story. They believed in a Savior who uh, would take care of those things. Even if we got sick, even if we died, we have a Savior that's taking care of us. There's one man that was actually executed because he took care of babies and infants that had diseases, that they, even, even babies that they tried to abort, simply because he tried to take care of them. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's terrible. But you think about the love that it takes to do that in the face of, of death, even death. I don't think we necessarily have to dwell on, on, on those bad things. But I do think we need to take the time to reflect and see the freedom that we have. The opportunity that we have to read this story. I want to read quickly from, from Acts chapter 17. In verse 10. As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men, so those not of associated with that synagogue. Now, I know for, for many of you, you know those verses by heart. You've heard them your entire life about how noble the Bereans were for searching the Scriptures to, to prove what was being said was true. But I think there's a part of us that think, I don't know the Bereans. That really doesn't mean much to me. It, you know, it's a good story. I'm glad they examined it. But it says so many were, were saved, they believed because of this searching the Scriptures. Now, we may not know the Bereans. We may not can see their faces. We may not know where they are on the map. But I bet you know the people in your family that need to hear this story. I bet you see the faces of your children and grandchildren. People that need to hear this story. It's amazing to me to look at a, at a room full of people and to know that you are here because of, of one book, one story. And so the, the, the challenge is for you, as maybe not as many of you as I thought do resolution, but to look at this new year. To look at this time where we have set aside to just be there for one another. 
to be going through the same thing at the same time, reading about the greatest story ever told, something that you know is valuable to your life. This time next year, you will be able to look and say, me, my family, my kids have been through the entire story of the Bible. They are familiar with the story of God. What a fantastic way. What a fantastic gift to give your family. And so what I want you to do is just commit. We have the we have the books, we have the resources. I'm here for you. Benjamin is here for you all. Uh, We just want this to succeed. We believe that the words of the Bible are powerful. That they are sharper than any two-edged sword. They can pierce the hardness of our hearts. And I I would imagine that, that if we actually raised hands and were truthful, most of you would say, I believe that. I believe this is important. I believe this is valuable. I need this for my family. I'm asking you to commit to it. This week we're going to read the first chapter. Benjamin's going to speak on it. He's going to preach from this chapter. Will you read with him? Will you read with me? As we read the very words that God has given us. To learn about him. To learn about the the way into salvation that he has provided. I pray that that for all of you, you you have a a wonderful new year. That we can get started on the right foot. That we can all be together. I I got with Dr. Cox up at at Searcy and... Uh, if any of you are familiar with the downtown church, they went through the same thing, but they were they were more rigorous than we are. They they want to uh, they want to do a survey for everything. I did a survey right after I got here, and I got like thirteen back. Like, well, okay. Well, they survey they sur- survey everyone. They surveyed everyone prior to doing the story. They surveyed everyone after doing the story. Did you get anything from this? Did you like it? Did you do it? And that's a very big church, but but they had about 30% participation. So for us, if we we just counted, say, conservatively 200 people, what's 30% of that? 60 folks. I would like to blow 30% out of the water. And I believe we can. Uh, This church has has just impressed me with... uh, the level of education, the level of drive that many of you have, um, a lot of that I think is because a lot of you are teachers. You're just, you're just set. I would like to blow 30% out of the water. But I would sure take 30% if it meant 60 of us are exposed to more Bible than they were this year. So, can we beat 30%? In the middle of uh, Church of Christ school area in Searcy, can we beat 30% participation? I don't know. I'd like to think that. But it's it's going to take effort on all of our parts. So please, put the value into the story. 
Think about how much this can change your family's life, how much it has affected your lives already. And if you ever need anything as we go through these things, please let us know. There are so many here to serve you, to help you. If you need anything this morning, we offer, we always offer a time of invitation to come and, and to ask for prayers, to ask for forgiveness. Uh, some of those things you may just want to do in your seat. But if you need someone to pray with, let us know. Man or woman, we can, we can get you uh, someone to pray with, someone that you're comfortable with. Grab a friend. Do not leave here without making things right. Uh, that's our call. That's our, that's our invitation this morning. So if you need anything, please come as we stand and sing. <laughs> I agree.